Good morning and welcome to Young Bucks here on DK Sports Radio. This is your Pittsburgh Pirates podcast of choice or the prospect podcast of choice. Let's get all the P's in there. Let's do this right. <laughs> my name is Alex Stumpf. I'm joined by Jared Pugar, my co-host as always. One more P in that. You just could have had the perfect transition with that and you just butchered it, Alex. I called I called it onomatopoeia instead of alliteration. So I am just off to a, a flying start. Well, thank God you're not an English teacher and you just use the language. Um, That's writers don't actually have to know how to use words. Words are hard. Anyway, it's so nice to see you, Alex. We're I, and it's so nice to hear your voice um, in my brain or however that works, vibrating um, through my ears. But no, I, I mean it, it's been a weird week. Um, you know all. The Pirates are the Pirates. Uh, they're competitive at times. They're not competitive at times. Um, minor league camp is underway. It's it's We are less than almost two weeks away from seeing minor league baseball for the first time in, in two years. And I'm fully expecting May 1st to come around and say, <laughs> we are pushing the season back for another two weeks you know what not to say that we have sources for this but it always feels like a very real possibility just with how everything else has gone no i mean listen it's major league baseball's in charge so you know why would they do anything that's going to grow their game or why would they do anything that's going to benefit them um and so listen i i'm i know that the promotion schedules are out the schedules are out the game times are out the opponents have been out I'm just not holding my breath because I would be purple. Um, and I'm fully, I, I'm just, I guess, expecting the worst because why not? Speaking of Major League Baseball and changes that nobody saw coming, this is, this is a little bit of a transition here. And this isn't quite Minor League Baseball, but it's Minor League Baseball adjacent for the independent leagues and the Atlantic League, where there are a couple drastic changes that they're going to be doing for this upcoming season. The two biggest being that the pitcher's mound is going to be 61 feet, six inches away instead of the traditional 60, 60 feet, six. And there's going to be a designated hitter, but it's a double hook that once you take the pitcher out, you also take out the designated hitter out. And Jared, I'm going to be real with you, man. I kind of like the double hook. I was just going to say the same thing. Um, I really like it too. <laughs> I think it's really the strategy of, of the game and the lineup because listen, as a, as a coach, right. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to drop some knowledge uh, from the coaching aspect of it. You're when you're running with a DH, I mean, you, <laughs> unless somebody gets hurt or you want to get somebody off the bench, you really don't have to do much, right? You have the easiest job, but when you're putting together a lineup and you're hitting nine guys and, and the pitcher is one of them, that's tough because you got to look at where you're at in the lineup. You got to look at who you're going up against. You're going where you're at in the order. And you know, it, it's tough because once you change one time, one time it's going to change everything. So, you know, what, what, do, what are you coaches going to do in that um, when you're pulling a double hook, right? So you're, you're hitting your pitcher, maybe ninth and then, or you're, or you're DHing and your DH is the four hitter. Well, what happens when you go up 
what happens the next time around whenever you take that pitcher out. Um, now, I didn't you like have the- Wilmer Defoe as a pinch hitter being the guy who's protecting Colin Moran and Brian Reynolds. Right. So that's uh, yeah, awesome. Um, ooh, what do you do? Um, but <laughs> but like well, that's the thing. So like what are these coaches going to do? Because that's just going to but the way they phrased it is they want the starters to go longer. Well, I mean, yes, but that's probably not the best way to phrase it. Um, I think more if you were looking at a competitive aspect, absolutely yes. But when you look at it from like, oh, we want less pitching changes or this, that, or the other thing, that's when you run into issues because, I mean, you can talk about innings pitched or whatever to the, till you're blue in the face, but it's it's really about the high-stress pitches and the high-stress um, high stress situations for these arms that really, um, that really impact them. But I don't know. I, I like, I like the double hook. I think that's, I think as a coach myself, as a fan, as a writer, I think that's going to make things interesting, but I'm also the same guy that kind of likes the, the overtime or the extra innings rule with a runner on second base. Oh, so your opinion's just invalid then. Uh, that's what they no, tell me. I, Maybe it's because the Pirates are playing the Padres whenever this rule change was announced this week. Um, but I, I, I think of like the Blake Snell start <laughs> and the Chad Cole start, whatever they went head to oh, head. Yeah. And it's like oh. you have to pull Blake Snell in the first inning. So what do you do with that going forward? And I think it's going to be very different if, if this ever I just for full disclosure. I don't think this is ever going to reach major league baseball. Maybe it reaches the lower level of minor league baseball where you still have a guy DH, but you know, some of those guys who are on the bench, you know, they could still get at least some extra plate appearances in that. And if it was in the major leagues, I think the Pirates would be one of the teams that would be better suited for it because you could play a guy like Philip Evans all over the field. And you know, if, Brian Reynolds needs, you know, a half off day. Okay. He's just going to hit. And if it's only two or three plate appearances, it's only two or three plate appearances. It's as simple as that. So I think that's kind of nice in that, but it's this, it's the pitcher's mound more than anything. That's the real, real wild card. And I don't know how you can make this double hook move with, you know, trying to incentivize, you know, keeping the starting pitcher in there longer, less pitching changes, all that. I don't know if that's actually going to speed up games because I think, if anything, you're just going to have a guy tired on the mound trying to keep his stuff, you know, as close to possible, needing a little more time for a breather. I don't know if that's really going to add up to enough save time compared to, like, an actual pitching change. Keeping it further away, I mean, advantage pitchers or hitters there, if you, Jared. Well. I mean, it's six inches, and in the game of life, it's a six, foot, sixty feet. I thought it was sixty. Oh, sixty-one feet, six inches. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that changes my opinion. I'm sorry. I've been under a rock with my mounds that are sixty feet, six inches. Um, no, I mean you're getting to see an extra. You're getting to see the ball for an extra foot. So as a hitter, that's great. Now, as a pitcher, I I'm interested to see how this happens because. I'm interested to see where some of these pitches go, where you're throwing an off-speed pitch. How far in the dirt does it go? Is this now cricket? Um, are you – so you're going to have to train yourself to to get that ball just that extra foot because there are a lot of times – I mean, you've seen it. Those extra – that extra foot, you know, that's a big deal. 
because that's the difference between bouncing it in the dirt a short hop in the catcher or bouncing it six feet in front of the plate. So, I mean, that's a, that's a big change. And I, and I think to start, it's going to be the hitters that have the advantage because you're seeing the ball further, but you're also, you, I, you have no idea what to expect from the pitcher too. Yeah. But I, I, I do think this is an advantage for the hitters, not, you know, to say like velocity wise, it's going to help them catch up. I don't think that's really going to make that much of a difference. I just look at where have we seen so many strikeouts, this spike? It's been primarily with the breaking and off or just the breaking stuff in general, especially with like pitch tunneling and, you know, up at that point of demarcation, the two pitches look the, look the same. I think batters are going to be able to identify uh, better in this scenario. Right. And you know what? Maybe it's cool that Major League Baseball has the Atlantic League. I mean, it's an independent league that's being supported by, you know, just mad scientists so well we don't actually want to do this with our players so we'll, we'll have the freaks go after it <laughs> no right and i mean you might as well right these are guys that are um that are trying to make it these are guys that are you know trying to trying to get to to to, to the next level of professional baseball so i mean you might as well and and you never know what you're gonna find right you could find a diamond in the rough um anything is possible with it right so What's um, going to happen to that first, you know, relief type pitcher who go, who gets signed on with a minor league team after being right. And, the, and then the, and then the mounds a foot closer. Yeah. Right. I don't, I, I don't know. It's just going to, it's going to be fun to play out because I mean, we talk about the rule changes at all levels of, of, of minor league baseball um, before on, on one of our podcasts. Um and some of them aren't going to really be relevant. The defensive shifts one, the, the wider bases. Like, okay, great. Um, but this is this could change a lot of different things, man. And, and it and it really could. And that's what. Um, and I'm very interested to see how this plays out. I, I I've never really paid attention to the Atlantic League before, but this might have me kind of watching, at least early on, to see how to see how this adjustment goes. Hey, we're going to take a break. Whenever we come back, we're going to go, you know, this is the Pirates Prospect Podcast. We're going to go talk a little Pirates pitching and what might be happening there in the near future. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the Bucks of Youth Podcast, your Pittsburgh Pirates Prospects Podcast of Choice. I am Alex Stump's co-host and right-hand man, uh, Jared Prugar. We welcome I, you back for the segment, too. I think I heard two Pittsburghs in there. See, all that alliteration onomatopoeia isn't as always easy as it sounds. Today, Junior. Listen, we, we haven't talked pierogies yet, which is good. Um, that might be, I'm done talking pierogies. That might, that might be segment three. Um, but so Alex, the pirates pitching has been 
Well, not ideal. So how fast should some of these young guys be fast-tracked? Should they be fast-tracked? What should we, what, to, what should we want? What do we, what's the ideal situation here outside of the fact that, yeah, we would probably prefer Chad cool to, to not give up runs in the first or second innings. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it's, let's just look at the guys who are on the 40 man roster for this. Like, let's not t- worry about Bajinski, Malone, Priester, all, all those young kids that are going to just need some time, but you know, Will Crow. Ronzi Contreras, Miguel Yajure, and Max Craddock. Uh, of those two, Crow and Yajure have pitched in the majors a little bit. Craddock and Contreras, they were in A-ball, but you know they're added to the roster. It's within the realm of possibility that we're going to see them this year. That said, this episode is dropping Saturday morning. Trevor Cahill is pitching Saturday. I would rather have Crow or Yuri making this start. Like whenever Cahill was brought on, and you know Ben Charrington said, you know, you know, we we might go to a six man rotation. We want to have six guys who can start. I took that as Trevor Cahill is the sixth starter, and not, you know, Stephen Broke gets hurt. Now Trevor Cahill is the fifth starter. I think there are two distinct things there. And look, Trevor Cahill made a really good start his second time out. I, I'm, I'm willing to treat the first one as a mulligan because he's, he wasn't fully stretched out. I'm willing to give that. But here's the deal. Trevor Cahill at his best is going to be like this fifth starter type guy that maybe you could flip for like a lower level prospect. I would just rather... If, if the Yankees didn't trade for Jameson Tyon, Yahure would be their fifth starter. Why can't he be the fifth starter for the Pirates right now? Yeah, no, I think that's a very good point, Alex. Um, <laughs> what do, I mean, what's, what do you get by trotting Cahill out there all the time? Just show the young guys there. Get the young guys out there because guess what? When that happens, um, it's <laughs> you see what you got because that's what you're seeing. Um, and more often than not, everywhere else. Um, but he needs, to, they need to do something. And yeah, Brault's injury did not help at all whatsoever. Um, but, you know, what, you bring a veteran guy in and you, and maybe you want him to eat innings, but you can't eat innings unless you're built up. And the Pirates aren't one of those guys, aren't one of those teams that are, you know, all right, well, that was a six pitch inning or that was a nine pitch inning. So you're not, he's, he's getting stretched out, but it's not taking five six innings like it like it should so you got to bring i mean what's 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 wrong with going to one of those guys and seeing what they can do and getting them that taste um and going from there because when that happens the next time when they get sent down or sent to the alternate site or wherever the next time they're going to be that much more ready uh for the opportunity yeah and i mean especially will crow i'm willing to give that you hurry, he's younger. There are probably still some cycles in his development that he could do a triple A. I'm willing to concede that. I would rather see him in the major leagues. I would rather push the kid a little more. I'm willing to concede that. Will Crow is 26. And I, I know a lot of people say, Will Crow is 26. He's not a prospect anymore. You know, it's, it's, I really don't care about that. I want to see this guy pitch in the majors. Like he, he looked good this spring training. He looked like a man 
with a plan where in the past, whenever the Pirates traded for him, I put in the prospect preview that he was the type of pitcher that had these good tools, but they never really meshed together. And for the first time, it's the spring training, really, for at least a couple years, it looked like everything was playing well together. He was throwing his fastball in a particular spot more times than not. The slider was tunneling off of that. The changeup and curveball, you know, those combos. I was like, there's some good combos in that right now. I, I guess you could do some of that at the alternate sites. I would rather see in real game situations, though, because... I'm not worried about service time. I have no delusions of you have to hang on to Will Crow whenever he's 33. You can't dare <laughs> risk losing him to free agency. I don't know if this guy's going to be good enough to hold on to a rotation spot or even a spot on the pitching staff once this wave of pitching comes up, you know, in 2023. But I got to get eyes on him right now. And this is the perfect opportunity because there is no delusion in Pittsburgh of this team is going to be competitive. This is supposed to be about getting better as a group. And I don't think you can get better as a group with Trevor Cahill making all these starts. No. And I think that's fair too. Um, you don't know what you got because the alternate site is this hollow ground that nobody really knows what goes on there. It's like the, um, the hopefully the that abyss. changes this week for me. <laughs> right. Right. But it's one of those deals where you just don't know. And it's, yeah, they're playing other teams, you know, alternate guys. That's great, but it's still not the same. It's not game reps in the majors. It's not those pitches. It's not getting that work in because you, as listen, the guy that pitched uh, Thursday afternoon for the pirates, uh, Mitch Keller, one of the most confident guys I've ever seen pitch in the minors. Uh, when he got to the majors that uh, you just haven't seen it. So the majors changes people. It, it's a different, it's, it, it's kind of cliche. It's a different league. It's a step above. Yeah, absolutely. It is because it's major league baseball. These are the best of the best um, in the world. So you have to bring your stuff every day and, and you can't, it, you don't know what you got unless you're, unless you're doing it, unless you're going out there and competing every day and, and seeing guys like Crow in your hurry would be great. Um, cause what did you, what did you get out of Cahill? Maybe at four or five innings, bloated pitch count. Hopefully he keeps you w- within the game. Um, now he could get better as the season goes on, but he's not going to be on this team for the future. He's here for the no. now and the now really isn't relevant. No. And, and Cahill, I'm, I'm not knocking Trevor Cahill of why the hell is this guy on the team? Trevor Cahill is the sixth starter for me. He is the guy that you need to eat, who is there to eat innings. Like, I, I don't think anyone is going to be like, no, you can't have an inning eater on, on this staff. Like, if anything, it's more valuable now whenever we've seen, you know, a couple shorter starts again in a row in a stretch where there have been a couple games in a row. You know, the Pirates have an off day Monday, so it's not like end of days for the rotation and the bullpen. But if, if this was a longer stretch, it'd be like, man, it'd be really good just to have someone who could go out there and eat four or five innings if we absolutely need. That's kind of what I view Trevor Cahill as. You need a guy like that on staff, especially whenever, you know, you have X amount of innings to cover this year. I, I just don't see, like, the best case scenario for him is he gives the absolute best case scenario for Trevor Cahill 
is that come July 30th, not the 31st, the deadline's the 30th this year because of the weekend. Um, come July 30th, he has thrown about 90, maybe 100 p- innings of like an ERA of four in the Oakland Athletics or some team like that comes calling. They say, we'll give you a 40 plus grade prospect for him. That is the best case scenario for him. And you know what? You already have that 40-plus grade prospect ready to go in the major leagues at Will Crow. I would rather, instead of playing this hypothetical of you might make the farm system a little better, this is just kind of like a little bit of a, you're keeping a guy stuck in neutral for no real good reason. Crow was on the team to start the year. Yes, I know it's because Crick was on the paternity list and then, you know, had to go through COVID protocols again. But he, he was on the team to start the year. That kind of boggles the mind a little bit. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, if you got him, use him, right? Yeah. You know? Especially since they optioned him about five minutes before they realized they had to put Hayes on the IL. I mean, they, not that they were going to go with a 15-man pitching staff, but maybe for another day. Who knows? I I would rather lose with the kids. And you know what? There are some parts I like. Like, I know everyone was mad about the Monday loss to Luis Oviedo. I had no issue putting in the putting in the kid, like really pushing him right there. No, you have to see what he's got, man. And he's a rule yeah. five guy, so you can't do much with that with him. Um, other than play other than play him. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not going to make like big judgments of, oh, no, I can't have Luis Aviato because he's stunk in that situation. But, you know, push, push some of these kids. Yeah, right. This is, in some regards, a very 162 game elongated spring training in that type of deal. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what you got in the situation until um, until you're until you're there. Right. I mean, you mm-hmm. think about it when you're a closer and you're in a closing situation. It, it, it's it's different. But when you're a closer and you're up seven runs, it's a different situation. So you don't know what you've got in a certain situation until you do it. Every situation is different. You know, whether there's runners on when you come in, whether it's a fresh inning, whether you're coming on in the middle of the inning, you know, whatever you've got to do. So you've got to you've got to see what you've got. And, and I have no issues with what they did either because I think it's important to get guys in there. And you know what? what do we expect for the pirates, man? Everybody expects them to have a hundred plus losses and you know what? Maybe they will, and maybe they won't, but it's a developmental year for them. Um, I, in, in my opinion. So when that happens, go out and throw those guys and see what they got, because listen, the trades that they made in the offseason said, they're not ready to win now. And they're, and they're not, it's, it's developing for the future. And an Oviedo is a guy that has a very bright future. And when you throw him in situations like that, you find out what you got in Oviedo for not no, not only just now and the rest of the year, but the potentially the rest of his career in Pittsburgh. Just as like a quick final thought, since I brought them up earlier, I would like, to, assuming that they aren't just horrible this year, get hurt or whatever, I would like to see Max Cranick and uh, Ronzi Contreras get promoted in September, even if it's just bullpen light rolls, just get them a couple innings. No, I think I think it's important get those guys that 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 kind of that experience man because when you do that it's only going to make things that much easier uh, moving forward uh, as you head into the offseason and, and head into next year and the next opportunity hey we got a little more show left to go in a minute stay tuned
Welcome back to the show. And this is usually where we talk about what we learned on the show today. But Jared, I want to talk about what I learned this past week. I guess it's been technically a little over a week, but this has been the first time we've been able to record since then. We, I, not we have to, but I have to talk about the pierogies in, in Pittsburgh. This, we're breaking the prospect rule here. Let me interrupt you. First of all, it's great because pierogies, P, excellent. But I don't know. Welcome to your Pittsburgh Pirates pierogi podcast. Um, yes, yes. Pierogies to be named later. Um, <laughs> we can, listen, I'm, I'm here for this because not only are, do I like pierogies, I am, I am Polish. So pierogies are, are a big part of my diet my, um, and, and are a fancy cuisine where, where my family is from. Um, so I'm here for this. Um, yeah, so tell me a little bit more about this because I, I've been kind of eating the pierogies, not watching them. Yeah, so Pizza Penny and Potato Pete have hooked up. They've eloped to Naples, and they're going to live happily ever after out there. And the pirates unintentionally, unintentionally insinuated a lot of things in this. Perhaps the most eye-opening for me is that the pierogies are not asexual or at least a relationship beings that they can partner up with one another. That was the main <laughs> takeaway for me. Are we going to see like little mini pierogies come out of this? Are we going to see potato pizza? Which is just a hor- might be the worst part of all of this, you know. Just it's a lot of the pirates did something cute. I think they tried to do, and you know what ended up happening? They just created this horrible, horrible thing for the pierogi races this year. I I don't like it. <laughs> Listen, man, it's great. I love it. I'm just sitting here thinking about pierogies on the beach in Naples at a resort. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and oh my god <laughs> um so yeah now there are a lot of questions there obviously but this reminds me actually to tie this back into prospects the alternate curve have had a million and a half mascots right so they had um started with steamer right mm-hmm. um which was the front of a k4 engine he looked like a blown up gumby but everybody loved him great well the at the time the general manager's daughter wanted a dog mascot so they came up with diesel dog all right which okay diesel trains it works well then and i and i could be and then they brought in altoona which is a fish alex do you get it yeah i get the pun okay (laughs) he's the rally not laughing but i get it (laughs) well yes i know but it's spelled a l space t-u-n-a <laughs> then they had tenacious who was a was a conductor or a railroad engineer um who had a massive dip in <laughs> like he, i don't know i think he's off their branding now but their hats used to be really cool with their with the, with his face but you can tell he had this massive jaw and it was kind of cool but diesel dog he went to well seen steamer is now in a retirement home that's how they how they got rid of steamer. He's now at the retirement home. He only comes out for special occasions. Uh, like the 4th of July opening day, I'm sure will be around. Um, Tenacious is nowhere to be found. And of course, diesel dog 
Um, I think Diesel Dog was put down. I don't know. Is this um, canon? I listen. I I just haven't seen him. Uh, maybe he's with Steamer at the retirement village. Um, but he, he went to a farm. <laughs> well, as long as he didn't go out back, we're okay. Um, but now they have Loco, the Loco, the great Loco Tommy. So, so I would much. Oh, oh, we can't forget the meatball race. But now the pierogies, man. You can <laughs> when you think back to all the pierogi races, and there have been thousands of them. Um, they're fun. That's what makes baseball fun. Obviously, it's different to major league level. Um, now they're running on the Clemente Bridge, which that's got to stink. That's not. It can't be much fun. They they should run through traffic. That's my hot take. Uh, in rush hour, that sounds a little dangerous. <laughs> it's not um, rush hour. <laughs> they have to weave through the bike lane. Um, but it's just one of those deals, man. Like you got to do what you got to do. But I, listen, much love to the pierogies. I wish pizza penny. And, and potato Pete, that's a lot of peas. Um, <laughs> Welcome to your Pittsburgh pierogi podcast. Now, potato Pete and Pizza Penny. Listen, we are we are now joined, dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to to, to celebrate a thing called love between Potato Pete and Pizza Penny, your Pittsburgh pirate pierogies of choice. See, that works. That's alliteration, Alex. And I think that's all we've got for today. So, Alex, shut her down. Let's get out of here and get ready to watch Trevor Cahill uh, tow the rubber. Before we do, I got one more quick question for you because this has been floating in my head and this is the first time I've ever spoken these words out loud. Should I do the oral history of the Pittsburgh Pirates pierogi races at some point this year? Because I know I'm going to be looking for stuff at some point. 100% yes. I'm tempted. People who are listening, sound off in the comments if you would actually read that story and thank you so much for listening to young bucks here on dk sports radio be sure to subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts for my co-host jared prugar my name is alex Dumb. thank you so much for listening we'll talk again next week